I tell people we rewrote a playbook that had been developed over 50 years of this school district, yeah. and uh, that that's kind of the way that I look at it. You know, everything from uh, transportation to nutrition to health services, um, everything that you can imagine, we, we needed to reevaluate. That is Indian River School District Superintendent Dr. Jay Owens talking about what has been an interesting few months in the Indian River School District. On March 13th, schools in our district and across Delaware were forced to close due to the COVID-19 pandemic. School buildings were not able to reopen for the remainder of the spring and students had to complete the 2019-2020 school year working remotely. When the 2020-2021 school year opened in September, parents were given the choice of having their children continue to work remotely or have them participate in a hybrid learning program in which they would attend school in person two days a week and work remotely for the remaining three days. Since September 17th, the district has had about 1,200 students in grades pre-K through 1 attending school in person under the hybrid model. Additional grade levels will be added in the coming weeks. I recently had the opportunity to sit down with Dr. Owens to talk about what transpired last spring and how the district is moving forward under these unusual circumstances. My conversation with Jay is coming up right after the break. I'm Dave Mall, and this is the IRSD Spotlight. Well, Jay, we're certainly living in unprecedented times. It's been an interesting uh, few months. We certainly it? are, yes. I think March 13th is when we had to close schools, and we didn't reopen until September 17th. Can you talk a little bit about everything that's transpired in that time? Right. So when, when we did close down on the 13th, we were unsure of whether that was a close down for a, a few days, a week, uh, how long. So it ended up being uh, the remainder of the school year, which was absolutely unfortunate for our, our students and we we did the best we could to uh, shift gears and try to provide uh, remote opportunities for our students which included providing devices in the form of Chromebooks, uh, hard copies of, of uh, materials for our students and, and families to be able to pick up. Um, we arranged grab-and-go meals so students could continue to be fed so I I think we did uh, what we could at the time, but we certainly knew that that wasn't um, anywhere close to what a traditional educational experience looked like. So we knew that uh, going into the summer, if that were to continue, we wanted to provide uh, a, a much more robust experience, um, certainly academically, but overall for our students. One thing I've realized, and I think that you have certainly realized this, is the number of moving parts that go into running a school district that you maybe don't think about until something like this happens, basically. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So I, I kind of I tell people we, we, rewrote, we rewrote a playbook that had been developed over 50 years of this school district, yeah. and uh, that, that's kind of the way that I look at it. You know, everything from uh, transportation to nutrition to health services, 
everything that you can imagine. We, we needed to reevaluate, you know, our attendance policies, our discipline policies, you know, every policy that you can imagine that's been developed and revised and, and looked at, we, we, we had to address as well. So um, it's been a very, very busy time for uh, every one of us. And, um, you know, it, it, it's been amazing, though, to see the staff pull together and with the, the same understanding uh, and need to uh, get things reorganized for our students so we, we could have have school begin in September. And so although it's not traditional school, obviously, um, I, I do feel we've, we've put a strong effort together and developed a plan that, uh, that, that does begin to meet the needs of our students. We started the, uh, the year, actually we, we delayed the start of the school year for about 10 days and then we, we implemented a, a hybrid slash remote. Some students could choose to do all remote uh, for the first marking period. Um, as far as hybrid goes and bringing students back, we started kind of slow. Uh, we brought pre-K through one students in initially. Um, and that's where we stand right now. We'll talk about the schedule a little bit more in a minute, but basically, so we've had pre-K through one students in a, a couple of days a week in two different cohorts. How has that worked out so far as far as in-person instruction for those students? Uh, I've been around to our elementary schools and uh, our early learning center and it's, it's going uh, amazing. Uh, students are, are in, they are following the protocols. The staff have been tremendous with setting up classrooms and preparing their materials. Uh, obviously, there's less students in classes. We are uh, six foot distance within the classes, so our desks are, are very spread out. Um, you know, it, it's, there's hand sanitizing stations all around the school. There are markers on the floors to uh, illustrate our six foot distancing. Um, the students are, are coming into the school if the buses are from parent drop off wearing masks which is great. This, it, it's, it's been amazing how prepared everyone is for the, the start. Obviously our numbers are low for uh, the students that are riding the buses and, uh, and attending in person, but they have to be to maintain the, the distance of, of three feet on the bus and six foot within the school. So um, the start has gone uh, absolutely uh, better than we could have ever imagined. Well, it's gone so well, in fact, that the board on Monday night approved an accelerated schedule for students. Now we have uh, on October 5th, as originally scheduled, we're gonna add grades two and three to the hybrid. Um, that, and so they'll be, uh, they will start attending in person, those that choose right. to do so. But the board um, recently approved moving the other grades um, up about a week from what they were originally scheduled. So grades four, five, and six will, will start attending hybrid in person on the 12th of October, and then grades seven and eight will be added on the 19th That's correct, uh, of October. So I know the board approved that. Is that, was just that. Was that just a product, the accelerated schedule of just how things have gone so far? We've been, we, we think we can manage that, and we're confident that that'll, that'll work out well? It's a, it's a combination of variables. So we, we knew uh, about two months ago when we developed the schedule that we have, uh, had in place that it was slow and that was purposeful and we had hoped that uh, everything would would uh, go well in terms of our safety protocols uh, our instruction and our transportation so that was a variable that that certainly went our way the other variable was the just the data we're seeing from the community with the spread of, of COVID and 
the numbers have, have peaked in some weeks and gone down in others, but uh, for the most part, they've stayed in a range that is acceptable. And we work with our uh, DPH representatives and they provide us with weekly data to ensure that we are within safe ranges to allow kids to continue. So that has, has helped us um, and just, uh, you know, just support, overall support from our staff as I've been in schools. Uh, the, the teachers and administrators and custodians have all been supportive of the students and, and have all said we're, you know, we're prepared for more students. So although we, we um, know that does have some challenges with bringing the additional students in, uh, I, I think we're well prepared for that. And although it's just a week, we, we do think that that's what's in the best interest of our kids. Our main goal has always been and will continue to be to get kids back to school in a safe way for students and staff. So because things have gone well, we were able to accelerate that slightly. Uh, unfortunately, the high schools where we've, we've got some roadblocks there in terms of transportation, we've had uh, many conversations and meetings with our contractors and uh, drivers. So we are still trying to work through some of the barriers that we have. Um, primarily, it's, it's lack of drivers right now. Our contractors are experiencing um, a driver decline or driver loss. By and about 19, I think, is yes. it? 19 bus routes still need drivers? That's right, and that's, that's substantial. You know, we, we already have only 23 students on what would typically be a 72-passenger bus. So uh, that's, that makes things difficult and spreads us out uh, across our, our vast district. You know, we cover a lot of ground and we need a lot of buses and those buses need drivers. So we're still looking at uh, modifying maybe schedules for the high school time schedules, um, as well as trying to see where we could layer our buses in to allow for um, our high school students to come in earlier than what we had anticipated previously. As it stands now, only ninth graders would begin. I believe the date is November 9th. We were planning to bring them in starting that date under the hybrid uh, under the hybrid model and grades 10 through 12 would not attend in person uh, during the first marking period. However, as you said, that's under review and we're hoping that maybe we can bring more students in um, depending upon how that goes. Is that is that correct? That's right. You know, our hope would be to bring them in you know, as soon as we can, but we, we certainly need to ensure we have busing. Uh, surveys will go out here soon to our families to find out if, if they're able to transport their, their students into the school, uh, how many student drivers we have, uh, where some may be carpooling. So if we can um, get some support in that area to minimize the amount of buses that are needed for our high schools, that, that will help. And so that's just to gauge, hopefully, the number of students that the buses would actually have to transport once uh, those kids start coming back to school, correct? Right. We'll ask parents again whether the student is planning to participate with our hybrid model, which would be uh, part-time in-person in school, uh, the other uh, time that will be spent remotely uh, via their device. So we, we need to find that out again and then also who will need bus transportation into the school on those days. And we encourage families to check the district website at irsd.net and the district social media, uh, Facebook and Twitter pages. We'll, the, whenever new information is available, it will be posted there. Absolutely, so, yes. Um, one of the things that I've noticed, and I'll, I'll ask you if you found this a little strange too, uh, being in the schools just in the first few weeks, you walk by, you know, some, as I said, you know, pre-K through one is in, so you walk by a classroom that'll have kids in, but you walk by another classroom and you'll hear the teacher in the classroom teaching, but you stick your head in and there's no students, 
and the teacher sitting in front of a computer doing it remotely. I, I, have you noticed, uh, has that been a little, I found it kind of funny or in some kind of way that, uh, you know, it's just a different, it's well, just a right. different system. Yeah, it's, it's. Uh, I, I think our teachers are excited to be back in classrooms and in front of kids, albeit some of those are in front of kids virtually <laughs> in a yeah. computer screen. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it's pretty neat to see how animated they remain and yeah. how they are connecting with kids through that computer. Um, it's, you know, we've got uh, a tremendous teaching staff and they're, they're well-trained and, and just great at their craft. And they have been amazing. They've shown uh, you know, amazing flexibility in their ability to you know, quickly transition to this new way of teaching. Yeah. One issue that I know is I think I think we're working through it, but it is an issue for some families, and that's internet connectivity. Um, I know we have provided uh, hundreds of Chromebooks to students who needed them. We did that in the spring. We've done it again this fall. And I know um, Sussex County also often has some uh, spots where broadband internet and, te- and and those types of things are not available. I know what are some of the things we're doing to try to help students at that point. We've got the hotspots at, at certain locations, which we know that isn't ideal. Our, our libraries in our, in our various towns also have hotspots, so um, we know some of our families are accessing that. We are uh, providing copies of materials within our schools, so if families do need those, they can certainly contact. We do have on our website a, a list of um, providers, and we do recognize that you know those providers don't reach every corner of our district, and that's unfortunate. We are updating uh, the the State Department of Ed regularly with the um, the number of families that we believe do not have connectivity in an effort to try to uh, find ways to reach them. Um, on our website, irsd.net/access has a list for families of uh, possible internet. Um, companies that maybe be offering discounts and those type of things. There's a list of Wi-Fi hotspots that's there. Right. So yes. that's a good resource for families to check out, irsd.net slash access. One of the things that I want to talk to you about, Jay, is that there's been, there have been literally hundreds of people that have put a ton of hard work into getting us up and running, not only, not only in the spring when schools closed, but getting us reopened and everything. And the administrative staff has worked extraordinarily hard, but um, can you talk a little bit about the instructional staff here at the district office? We're talking Renee Jerns, Kelly Dorman, Judy Brittingham. The amount of work that they that they have put in, not only last spring to get us up and running remotely within a few weeks after school closed, but to get us up and running again for the reopening in September. Can you just talk about the effort and the amount of work that they have put in to get us going again. It's its hard to even comprehend and to, to try to calculate. Um, you know, it's been obviously two waves. The wave that occurred in the spring and the immediacy of getting um, devices in hand and instructional materials prepared. Um, so that was the first wave. The second wave occurred throughout the summer in looking at the guidelines that were presented to us from the state and working within those parameters but developing a a scope and a structure for how instruction could look for students um, moving into this fall was just a monumental effort Um, the documents that we have there's there's um, an instructional handbook and then just a, a general safety and protocol handbook that that team 
the instructional team, the special education team, all work together collectively, days, nights, weekends. Uh, I don't know if any of them had a vacation this summer. I don't believe I so. Don't because, I don't know, think we, they did. I don't think they did. I know things were occurring daily, and uh, it's just uh, it's a testament to their dedication to this district and our community, to our staff and, and students. And, um, you know, we just uh, we owe them a debt of gratitude for the time and effort that they, they put in. And it's just and, – and the products that were produced – uh, show and I think that our students and families are seeing a better experience now than they did in the spring, and um, that's just due to, to all the hard work. Mm-hmm. I also want to talk about some of the unsung heroes during this whole process. The one that comes to mind, a couple people actually, but one off the top of my head is Cliff Toomey, our nutrition services supervisor, who uh, you know, during the spring coordinated community meal sites and is doing the same thing right now, now that school That's is right. reopened. And then you've got someone like Michelle Murphy who worked with a lot of community organizations uh, during the school closure to get, uh, like the Food Bank of Delaware and some local churches to get food to, to our families. And then somebody like Jimmy Wheatley who coordinated the filming of the uh, graduation ceremonies at both of the high schools. And he went above and beyond to create recognition videos for uh, the seniors at both high schools, and then the eighth graders and the fifth graders, and those types of things. And I think, you know, when you look at it, it, it when you look at people like you know Michelle and Cliff and Jimmy, it's just amazing the effort they've put into. Um, can you kind of talk a little bit about some of the stuff that they've done over there? Right, yeah, you, yeah. you hit on you hit on a lot of the the key yeah. key people there that have really just stepped up, and and mm-hmm. no one has complained. It mm-hmm. is we we know we've got to meet the needs of our students and community and they just went to it and uh, I know uh, Mr. Toomey uh, he's 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 facilitated the, the delivery and preparation of over 200,000 meals and that's just Amazing. it's 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 unbelievable and I and I know our community appreciates that especially back in the spring when you know the shelves were bare in a lot of our grocery stores and parents uh, didn't really know where that next meal was going to come from and 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 he really came through, and that staff, his staff came through with developing schedules and plans and delivery sites. So amazing. Michelle Murphy, you mentioned her name. Uh, she's worked with a lot of the provi- Internet providers, local agencies, local, local churches to ensure that you know, families were safe and healthy and, and their needs were taken care of. Jimmy is, Wheatley has helped with um, you know, sending, getting out our message and, and working with our community to make sure things are happening. Um, one person that you know we need to certainly mention too is is Joe Booth. He's our uh, supervisor of buildings and grounds, and he he has become our procurement expert with uh, PPE materials. So you know he's got a busy job. We've got uh, many many schools and a lot of ground to cover here, and we want to make sure that it's uh, stays safe and um, our buildings are in good condition. And although they were there was limited access to them for a while. Um, those buildings still need to be kept in good working order. So, and that's where our custodial staff. I want to give them a shout out too. They were here the whole through the duration. Um, yes. During when the buildings were pretty much empty, you know, back in the in the spring and summer, they. It's just amazing. I mean, they were they kept them clean, and it's just. I mean, I thought they were, did a tremendous job as usual. Yeah. So Joe kind of led the way with that too, but you know, that team shifted gears quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't had time off either. And they've been, uh, their protocols have changed. Completely. They're much more intense uh, now than they've been with uh, some of our deep cleaning that's occurring. Uh, they're wiping down our high-touch areas uh, very regularly. 
Um, it's just their job has shifted as well, and, and they've been remarkable in uh, ensuring that we've got uh, clean and safe environments here. So they've, they, we could not have done it without our custodial staff and maintenance staff. And then you, have, you also had some secretaries that worked at the schools and, and here throughout. The payroll department, I think they were here through the duration because they had to be. Those people did a tremendous job, too. Uh, unbelievable effort. You know, yeah. we, we, we know there were some times when the phones were, went unanswered, but we hope that that was um, limited because we know that our administrative assistants were there they were trying to answer questions as best they could for our families. And so, you know, everyone is just deserves a, a, a big pat on the back for, for what's occurred over the last several months. The other thing I want you to address, if you could, and this, this was another vote that the board took the other night, is to uh, is for fall sports are going to proceed. Um, the seasons will, be, will start a little bit later, obviously, and be abbreviated, but the board did approve um, high school fall sports. Can you talk a little bit about how that's going to work? So I said it at the, the board meeting um, Monday night, but, you know, sports and extracurricular activities in general, um, you know, we are important to kids. Uh, the social schools are more about, you know, just academics. They're social interaction uh, with one another, with coaches, and the life lessons that can be learned from uh, any extracurricular activity. So um, we have heard from our community that that's, uh, students do struggle without those um those types of activities and and, and uh, the interaction with one another. So uh, I was pleased that the state did give the go-ahead to allow us to explore uh, the start of that. Our athletic directors have done an unbelievable job with developing plans to ensure that we're the the, the int- reintroduction of these activities, the fall sports primarily, are are done in a safe um, a safe way. It looks good what they have designed for us and so we're excited we will be uh, practices have started and um, we're, we're hoping that uh, our protocols are are um, help to protect our students and student athletes to remain safe and that uh, competitions can begin soon and the schools will communicate to parents of the safety protocols and you know protocols regarding spectators at athletic events that's going to change completely i know a lot of the details about that are still being worked out but that's right. the schools will basically communicate that to the community correct? right we have a, a few weeks of, of practices before any kind of competitions will occur but there are protocols in place that we have developed and are continuing to develop to develop around the number of fans we can have in uh, to to each of our facilities, screening protocols that may need to occur. Certainly, face masks and hand sanitizing stations will be uh, be afforded at each uh, venue. But uh, we're still working through some of those details. But we're excited. I know the coaches are excited. The schools are excited. Definitely, the the students are excited to get back together and uh, do some competing. Yeah. Uh, well, before we wrap it up, is there any other message you have for our, our families just as we move forward into the school year and, and proceed in, in a school year that has been unlike any other before? Right. I, I, the, the main thing I want to uh, acknowledge is the, the flexibility that our families have had. We've, we've, we've seen tremendous support from our families with an understanding and patience with, with us as we've um, attempted to get students back into schools uh, and to reopen our schools in a, in a safe and an, an effective way. So I, I want to thank our, our parents and our community and our students. And uh, I hope that 
um, we, we can get back to a, a, a normal schedule sooner rather than later. Uh, I, I, I think we took a step in, in the right direction with accelerating as best we could at this point, and I hope we can continue to do that uh, and get to the point this school year where we have uh, many more students back in our classrooms. We know that um, the best instruction is, is, is face-to-face with a, a teacher, and um, our, our hope is to continue, continue to improve uh, those efforts. But thank you, community. Thank you, students. Uh, thank you, staff, for, for your efforts. And, uh, you know, we, we, we look forward to providing a, a top-notch educational experience for our Indian River School District community. And Jay, I want to thank you for joining me today and, and you, Dave. explaining all this to our families. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Here is some important information for district families regarding in-person instruction for students participating in the hybrid model. At its meeting on September 28th, the Board of Education approved a plan to allow some students to return to school earlier than what was previously planned. Hybrid students in grades 2 and 3 will begin in-person instruction the week of October 5th as previously scheduled. However, hybrid students in grades 4 through 6 will begin receiving in-person instruction the week of October 12th, one week earlier than what was originally planned. In addition, hybrid students in grades 7 and 8 will begin in-person instruction the week of October 19th, also one week earlier than the previous schedule. Currently, the hybrid schedule at the high school level calls for only 9th grade students to receive in-person instruction during the first marking period. Those students will begin attending in-person on November 9th. However, please note that the schedule for all high school students is under review to determine if students may receive in-person instruction earlier than originally anticipated. Please check the district website at irsd.net for updates on all instructional schedules. Please disregard the instructional schedules in the printed version of the 2020-2021 district handbook and calendar. On a personal note, let me say what a pleasure it is to relaunch the IRSD Spotlight podcast for what will be its sixth season. Our last episode dropped on February 27th and focused on Youth Art Month in the town of Selbyville. Little did anyone know how much our world would change just a few weeks later. Youth Art Month activities were canceled, of course, and IRSD schools closed for the remainder of the academic year. Our remaining podcast episodes for the school year were also shelved. I must admit it was therapeutic to record this episode during a time when we are gradually bringing students back into the classroom and working toward what we hope is a return to normalcy. It's great to be back, and we look forward to producing many more fun and informative episodes for the 2020-2021 school year. IRSD Spotlight is produced by the Indian River School District. Episodes can be accessed through iTunes or by visiting irsd.net and going to the podcast link under the Discover IRSD tab. It is also available through several mobile podcast apps by searching IRSD. Thank you for listening and we'll be back soon with more great news and information from the Indian River School District. Until then, remember that Indian River truly is a model of excellence.